0: I'm Anwar,
1: and I'm Fairlith. And,
0: and you're, you're listening, listening to this cast.
1: Good morning, Anwar
0: hi
1: Hi. i say morning it's eleven fifty-six. just to give you some context wherever you are that it's we're doing enough. this at almost lunchtime but not eating lunch for you
0: yes i'm skipping a meal
1: i've never seen that <laughs> my gosh you're... well
0: i'm postponing
1: yeah and... you're gonna have double lunch after
0: i'll 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 eat, I'll eat it I'll eat once we're done this and it'll be a fatty meal and i'll be excited
1: <laughs> that it. sounds amazing So excited In the interim What's up Mm -hmm. with us For the next hour What can we promise everybody
0: Uh We're gonna do As always Some good old fashioned Disney news Yeah Uh And then We're gonna dip into Maleficent Mistress of Evil Mm -hmm. Which is the sequel To Uh Maleficent (laughs) Uh And Yeah
1: I mean That sounds pretty good Yeah
0: That sounds good That sounds
1: worth skipping a meal for I would say I
0: mean, I've skipped meals for worse.
1: Ha ha ha. I keep thinking, like, I could have had breakfast before I started this, but I didn't because I've been painting this wall instead. Mm, i nice uh, painting. I'm painting. Well, I mean, I can show you on the webcam. I can't show everyone. I'm uh, doing a gothic field of golden peonies on a black background. Can you see that?
0: Ooh, yeah. I like that. And then
1: I'm going to put a big black bed canopy in my room and just be extra as hell. I love it. Into Thank it. you. Thank you kindly. All right. Disney news. I have the best Disney news of all, so I'm going to okay. save mine for last. Uh, okay. But what's your Disney news first? Uh,
0: well, my first Disney news is, so first just some quick flash headlines. Um, uh, it looks like autumn theming has begun going up oh, at Disneyland, which is very cute. The
1: dream. The best <clears throat> theming at Disneyland is autumn theming.
0: It's very, very well done. I don't know if any of you listeners have ever seen it, but like,
1: but look so at like it!
0: It's 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 really really well done. Like yeah. you walk up to the park gates, and like up above you are pumpkin versions of like the main uh, like the main sixes heads. You got Mickey, Minnie, Donald, Goofy, Daisy, Pluto, Pluto and they're all like designed with using jack o' lanterns. So it's very very fun. And then like when you go into the park and you and uh, you go down Main Street and on and all the other like lampposts, there's like fun. Uh, like, orange and black banners and stuff, and they have, like, the little Mickey Uh Jack-O-Lanterns on top of them. It's all very, very cute, and they have Jack-O-Lanterns kind of all over the place. Uh, the, the, probably the, the most extravagant, quote-unquote, theming, uh, is for, uh, the Haunted Mansion when they do the... That's true. uh, ...when they do the Nightmare Before Christmas, uh, skin.
1: Yes. Okay, here's Uh, a question for you, Anwar. Which one do you prefer? Mm. Do you prefer Haunted Mansion or Haunted Mansion Holiday?
0: Um, that's really tough, only because, like, I'm, I'm, like, I've loved uh, Nightmare Before Christmas, like, my whole life, and I love yeah. it. But I think, I think I'd probably have to say the, like, original. I agree. By, like, by, like, just shy of a hair.
1: Yeah, I mean, the original's yeah. so classic to me, it has this mm-hmm. wonderful nostalgia to it, and this sort of 60s cheesiness, whereas, like, Haunted mm-hmm. Mansion Holiday, to me, is a little slicker. Yes. Um, but that doesn't mean it's bad. I just I also no. prefer the original, but I'm not gonna like say no to going on Haunted Mansion holiday, you know.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh but I think also because like the last couple times I've been there have been during the holiday season. Mm. And so I've uh so I've seen Haunted Mansion Holiday more than I've actually seen the original original.
1: Oh my so, like, I
0: don't I don't think I've actually ridden the original Haunted Mansion ride in years. Oh
1: my it's, goodness.
0: Yeah. So I think that's also why I'm kind of leaning more towards original, because like I haven't actually written the original original in, in so long.
1: Yeah, no kidding, so, eh?
0: yeah. Um, well, you know but, what that means.
1: We just have to get you on on the Haunted Mansion, my friend.
0: Oh, it'll happen. I'm not worried about it. <laughs> no, I'm worried about um, it. It's a
1: priority. <laughs> uh,
0: of course, uh, Aulani Resort in Hawaii is celebrating its 10 years. Uh, for those of you who don't know, this isn't like any... Uh, the Alani Resort is basically just like a regular resort, just has a bunch of Disney theming in it.
1: Yeah. Uh, it's like a, like a massive Disney Disneyland hotel, but like in a tropical setting.
0: Pretty much, yeah. So there aren't like any like major like rides or anything like that. It's basically just, you know, a regular resort, just with Disney characters. You can do like character dining and that sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, and then of course we have the return of the Dapper Dance. Oh my gosh,
1: the Dapper Dance. The cadaver dance.
0: <laughs> not yet, not yet. Uh, so the Dapper Dan's have made their return to Disneyland, which is which is really really nice. Uh, I, they are there's a video of them doing their full set, uh, which I will link as uh, which I will link, of course. Oh yes, please. Uh, they have tap shoes which I've never seen before I've seen it a couple new. of times
1: on YouTube that they I don't know if all Dapper dance can tap dance I okay. I genuinely don't know but I do know it's usually musical theater guys like I follow a guy on Instagram he used to be a Dapper Dan and now he's a Fiero in Wicked on tour like they get musical oh theater guys yeah
0: Ugh, that's a dream.
1: Yeah, right? His name is Jordan Litz. You can follow him on Instagram if you want to. He posts a lot of stuff about his time working at the Disney resorts and um, his stuff on on tour. You can look at him if you want. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, I don't know. But I do know that sometimes they can tap dance, but I doubt all of them can tap dance. But I don't know the facts about that. If you know the facts about that, comment and tell me. I'm going to try and do some research for next week and answer the question myself. But.
0: Mm I imagine it is like one of those things where it's like you tick a little box in the application, like "Can you tap dance?" Yeah, and then like they probably like lump all like the tap dancing, dapper dance together. That's so what that I think can too. All, yeah, which would make sense. Um, but yeah, so like they did, they they were doing some fun little tap stuff, which is super cute. Mm-hmm. Uh, not 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 like crazy big like choreography, but I, I'm just no. a fan of tap dance. I just I just love tap. I think it's amazing. Me
1: too. It's the only kind of dance I'm really good at. Ballet, no. <laughs> tap dance, yes.
0: Yeah, exactly. I I don't have I don't quite have the finesse for ballet for ballet. (laughs) (laughs) I
1: I was always too gangly. Are you a tapper Anwar?
0: If I could be, I would. I'll teach
1: you how to tap dance.
0: Like like the amount of times I've told Colin, I want to take tap dancing lessons. And he's like, just do it then. And I'm like, okay, but Uh I got to order tap shoes first.
1: If you ever order tap shoes, I would be happy to teach you some tap basics. I love it. I'll okay. do it on the podcast.
0: <laughs> I love tap. It's just so fun. It just, it's, it just always astounds me like the shit that they can do. And I'm like, you do all that with your feet. I know. It just boggles my brain. Yeah, anyway, it's I'm awesome. That's all right. That's um, what a podcast is for. <laughs> yes. Uh, okay. So what is your big Disney news?
1: My big Disney news. Okay. Um, I don't know if I've talked about it much on the podcast, but I'm a huge fan of the design of Disneyland Paris. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's stunning. I think, Mm, I questionably the most beautiful Disney park in the world, because I know the general consensus is that's Disney sea. But I think like Disney sea is gorgeous. I don't think that's, that's disputable. I don't think it's, it's disputable that Disney sea is the best Disney park in the world. I just, I don't think that's really disputable, even though these things are subjective, but um, I've always found the aesthetic of Disneyland Paris to be um, particularly special. And um, one thing I've always wished other Disney parks had were the square trees from Sleeping Beauty. Do you see where I'm going Mm -hmm. with this? Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, um, what's happened is Fantasyland at the Disneyland Resort in California now has square trees, like in Sleeping Beauty. Which is really relevant because that's what we've been talking about lately, Sleeping Beauty. And one of the big design elements in Sleeping Beauty is that the trees are square. If you watch the original... um, Silver Age Sleeping Beauty, not Maleficent, but the animated one,
0: mm-hmm. um,
1: you'll see that the, the it's the equivalent. It, it's like the whole kingdom is sculpted into topiary designs, you know? So now, Disneyland has those topiary designs, which until now have been exclusive to uh, uh, Disneyland Paris. That's
0: awesome.
1: I'm really excited about it. I think that'll be really beautiful. And um, I've always loved it because it really makes it look like the animated movie. mm mm-hmm. um, and, you know, I really just, I love that animated movie so much.
0: Yeah, that's yeah. wonderful. That's really cool. And so I assume that that's all kind of, like, around Sleeping Beauty's castle, like, around uh, it's, the Central Hub?
1: It is in Fantasyland. The one photo I've seen yeah. so far is um, near the Rapunzel area, the bathroom area. Mm-hmm. But um, that's all I've seen so far.
0: Nice. So I'm Can hoping you...
1: more. Can I send that to you? We're...
0: Well, yeah, would you be able to send me a picture so I can take a look at it? You yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Like um, this looks like it's close to the Bippity Boppity Boutique to me, but I'm not positive.
0: Okay.
1: Uh, so I'm sending it to you now. One second.
0: Yeah.
1: Yes. There you go. Um, and the caption on this Reddit post where I found it is, I've been here over 50 times in my life and thought I'd seen it all. Sat for a rest mm-hmm. and noticed a s- square trees in Fantasyland. And it is oh, a square that's tree.
0: Wonderful. Isn't it
1: wonderful? I love the square trees.
0: Oh, that's wonderful.
1: Agree, fully agree.
0: Amazing. I'm definitely gonna link that.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I just think that's really special. I'm really, really happy about it. And that that's my Disney news. I just think it's it's a little magical.
0: It's quite magical. I love that. Like that, that kind of sense oh. of detail I think is really is just very clever and very fun.
1: Yeah, me too. But that's that's, that's all I've really got. I mean, I guess do you have any more news, or should we move on to the main event here?
0: I think we should just move on. I mean, like, there—it's been a slow few days because, uh, of course, we are—we are recording this short, fairly shortly after we did Maleficent. Yes, uh, we, we did are. Maleficent like just on Thursday. I yeah. Uh, and yeah, and so like, just in the last few days, there hasn't really been much in terms of like major, major news. So.
1: But honestly, yeah. that's fine with me because then there's nothing disappointing. Exactly. Chepeck. Someday I'll get over it when he's gone. But, uh, you know, my usual theme is I don't mind if a capitalist is running a corporation, but if it's an art corporation, it should be an art capitalist. That's all.
0: That makes more sense.
1: Someday, maybe I'll change my mind about it. Maybe Bob Chapek will change my mind. But today is not that day. Unless it is. In which case, you'll hear about it next week on Disney News. (laughs) All right. Amazing. Anwar. Maleficent, Mistress of Evil, (laughs) is the name of this film. It is. Which, it's like, okay. I... Okay. <laughs> what did you think <laughs> of it?
0: I thought it was okay. Yep. Um, I always, I don't know, maybe it's just because I have a thing of, like, when they try really hard to build on backstory of characters. Yeah. And I'm like, whoa, like, you're going, like, like, because the, the, they, they, they went, like... They went far with this one. And, like, I'm fine with the idea of there being other creatures like Maleficent. Like, other of these Dark Fae, I think is what they call... What do they call themselves? Dark Fae, yeah. Dark Fae, right? Yeah. Yeah, and so, like, I'm fine with the concept of that. I liked the the, the idea that there used to be a bunch and they all lived all over the world. And, like, when we see them in, like, their little central area with all the different um landscapes and environments and everything you see all the different kinds of fae. yeah i really liked that but then when they were like yes you are actually the descendant of this great creature the phoenix and blah blah blah, okay "Okay." (laughs) it's like all right and there it is Mm -hmm. yeah it's just in general i just have a thing about where the character is like descended from like these these great this great power and so they're destined to do something and it's like it kind of for me it kind of removes a little bit of their uh, what's the word um it, it, it makes it seem as if all their choices and everything are a little less grand
1: yeah. Does that make sense? No, it does. I agree with you.
0: And so it's like, okay, cool. Like, the choices that they make don't become as impactful.
1: Yeah.
0: Right? Like, yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, because, like, yeah, like, jumping to, like, pretty much near the end, like, when Maleficent, like, sacrifices herself to save Aurora, mm-hmm. and then, like, two minutes later, she's revived again as, like, this big phoenix or whatever. I'm like, okay, It's like, cool. okay, this-
1: there's no stakes.
0: There's no stakes. Yeah, and I'm like, I mean, did anyone I,
1: ever think that Maleficent would die or perish in some way in this movie? No, no one would think that.
0: No, but I almost feel like that's what would have been awesome.
1: That would have been way more awesome because, like, I don't—all these big blockbuster movies—and I have the same problem with Marvel movies. Actually, there are no stakes.
0: That's just comics in general. Like, I know it's. It, it's just a joke in comics. It's like nobody's really dead in comics. Like yeah. everybody always comes back. And I understand and so that,
1: like, like I do, yeah. but it's not my favorite thing about the genre.
0: And that's fair, and and, and I and I totally get that. Um, I think the thing, I think the the reason, or like the, the, I think the MCU is just a little bit different because I think those deaths are actually finalized.
1: Oh well, sometimes. I mean, everyone was so upset at the end of um, oh, what's the one where they all get dusted? Is that is that Civil War? Oh no, that's the that's Infinity War. War. Yeah, sorry. Um, the end of that, everyone was so upset in the theater, and I was like, that they're they already signed up for all these sequels. It's fine.
0: Yeah. Well, my thing with Infinity War was I like I loved the ending because I I just loved the idea of watching the villain win.
1: Oh yeah, I really liked it, but I didn't feel like the stakes were really high.
0: And that's fair. Like I and enjoyed I think... watching it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well. Th- that's a whole. That's a whole conversation.
1: Oh, that's for sure, and we'll get there because, like, those uh, movies are totally <laughs> animated, so we'll talk about it. But, um
0: <laughs> yeah. I, uh, uh,
1: I, all I'm saying is just like the the trend of these big blockbuster mm-hmm. movies not having stakes is a little disappointing to me because it's it's reliably they don't have stakes to me. In my opinion, my opinion could be wrong.
0: Well, I just I think you have a point because it's like. I I almost feel like it would have been a bigger impact if Maleficent had, if she had sacrificed herself for the sake of a human, then like, like then it would have, it would have been like, okay, so then all the other Fae saw her sacrifice and then maybe they would have like changed how they
1: felt or something Yeah, well maybe they would, she would have changed something long term and left a legacy that way and that would have been interesting to me and, um, sad. And I also think Aurora needed to learn a lesson too. Yeah, I didn't like Aurora very much in this movie.
0: Um, I I think it's just a I think it's just similar to the first one in which Aurora is very much a B character.
1: Yeah, she's a B character, but she makes these decisions that I think are very. Um They make me like her less. Uh, Mm. But I guess I should talk about the plot before we get super into it because I I don't know how many people have seen it. Um, But here's the log line for the film. Mm. Uh, Log line, if you're not familiar with that kind of parlance, is like, you know, the little tiny one or two sentence description you see when you're scrolling over Netflix things. Mm -hmm. Is the log line. So the log line for this movie that does not adequately explain the plot i might add (laughs) is maleficent and her goddaughter aurora begin to question the complex family ties that bind them as they are pulled in different directions by impending nuptials unexpected allies and dark new forces at play i don't know if that Mm. adequately explains the plot um
0: really no (laughs)
1: but you know the funny thing the the point of a log line is it's supposed to hook the audience member and make them want to watch the movie I don't feel super hooked by that logline. Not
0: particularly, no. Right?
1: And, like, I don't know. I think they could have... I don't know exactly how I'd change it, but um, I think that logline does the film a little bit of a disservice. Yeah. Um, but uh, the actual plot, and I actually have to get Wikipedia to help me because it's so freaking convoluted, in my opinion. <laughs> Did you find it complicated?
0: Um, I didn't necessarily find it complicated because, like, I felt like it was pretty straightforward. Mm-hmm. In that, like, oh, yeah, uh, Queen hates magical creatures, so wants to get rid of all magical creatures. And is, like, using Maleficent as a scapegoat. Maleficent, like, runs away, finds other people her kind, and then they all come back to, and to fight. And then the Queen is, like, mad about it. Oh. But also happy about it because she wants to kill them all.
1: Okay, well, you said the plot way better than I would. That, that doesn't <laughs> sound very complicated. I was trying to think of all this stuff. There's all this stuff.
0: admittedly yeah there is like there's like a lot of stuff going on
1: but you've summed it up adequately i'd say
0: i mean well yeah well like basically this movie takes place five do do you want me to do or do
1: yeah i actually you do it really well and i i love when you do it and i commentate so like you go
0: (laughs) (laughs) okay All right, so basically, this movie takes place five years after the events of the first Maleficent film. So she's uh, Um, 21
1: now, Aurora? Yes,
0: so she's 21. Uh, She is Queen of the Moors because Maleficent gave her that title, and so I guess Maleficent is kind of just like a... She's just kind of hanging around in the background. Um, The kingdom that Stefan held is... I think, I think the, I think the idea is that they're more or less self-governed now because the castle was given to the people kind of thing, because they mentioned that.
1: Like in Monty Python.
0: Yeah. And, (laughs) (laughs) oh God, God, that's amazing. I just remember that scene. They're an
1: autonomous collective.
0: An autonomous collective. Uh, and so, yeah, so basically, uh, Fairy folk are disappearing from the moor from the border of the moors on this kingdom that is on the other side of the moors, known as Alstead, which is where Philip is from. Right. And so Aurora is trying to figure out why and how these people are disappearing. And then uh we basically start with Philip proposing to Aurora. Now I'm very happy with this because this is five years later. They've established a good, solid relationship. Yeah, I'm all right. With it. Everyone's happy. Yes. So them so him proposing to her totally cool makes perfect sense it's all good Mm -hmm. and so then they decide to or diaval informs maleficent who for some reason really didn't like philip i don't really know why i mean (sighs) i think it's just because she just has like a bitter thing against humans even though you would think
1: she'd get over it
0: she'd kind of get over it at this point because you know aurora is human and you would think that she would see that Philip really cares for Aurora. Yeah. And, like, the amount of times that Philip has visited the Moors, yeah. you can see that he respects the Moors. I don't
1: like, like it when sequels undo character development so the plot can happen.
0: Yeah, because it just doesn't make sense. Like, it's, why yeah. is Maleficent so. Like, I'm like. It, I think it would have made more sense if Maleficent was just, like, instead of disliking Philip because he's a human, I think it would have been, like, she doesn't particularly like him because she's um she's like the mother and is being very protective and is more about like hmm i see you trying to like take my daughter kind of thing i don't know you know what i mean
1: no i do know what you mean it seems it seems a little like the part of the point of her growth in the last movie was for her to get over her distrust of humans because it's like one ambitious human doesn't speak for everybody and i think that's a pertinent theme in today's world and it's it's like have you seen the sequel to the phantom of the opera
0: no, I haven't, but I know of it.
1: It is a hot mess, but for the plot to happen in that in that movie in that in that play, which is filmed, so you can see the whole damn thing on in mm. HD if you want to, is they make. Are you familiar with the plot of Phantom of the Opera? Of course. I'm just checking. Um, they make Raoul an asshole.
0: Oh yeah, because that makes sense.
1: Yeah, exactly. They make him an asshole purely so Christine can go and get back with the Phantom, and. Um, it's just an example, but I really hate when um that is how people make sequels happen. I think it's lazy, and I think it just proves that the sequel doesn't need to happen. Mm-hmm. When, like, the point of telling stories, the literally the point of telling stories, is to send a message.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, otherwise, what are you doing? Like, it's entertainment, but it's like it's to send a message. So it's like if you've already sent the message, and you can't think of another message that you need to send with these characters unless you retcon the original message then why are you not telling a new story? Yeah. But uh, all that to say, I still found the movie entertaining, but that that just, that way of storytelling makes me very bothered in general.
0: Exactly, I agree.
1: Yeah, anyway, sorry, go, uh, go ahead.
0: That's all right. Uh, and so Maleficent kind of confronts Aurora and is like, just all around super distrustful of Philip, but kind of agrees to go and see, uh, because... Uh, Philip goes and tells the parents, and then we see that the king is all very gung ho about this union of the two kingdoms, and of course. I mean, the, I get it. Yeah, and then you have the queen, who is played by Michelle Pfeiffer, who does a fantastic job because she is perfect. She is uh,
1: perfect.
0: And like you can see, she's she's just super like grumpy about. You can t- you can just tell that she doesn't approve of any of this, but she's just kind of going along with it. You can just tell yeah. that. Um, but that's great acting, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah, of course. And uh, so they invite Aurora and Maleficent over for dinner as like a big, you know, celebration and everything. Aurora, uh, uh, Maleficent reluctantly agrees. They all arrive, like they do this really cool thing where they like walk over the bridge. It's Maleficent, Aurora and Diavol, and they're walking over this bridge that Maleficent makes. Mm-hmm. And she, uh, I did, I do have to admit, I did like the scene where she's like practicing her smile and she's like practicing her greeting. Me too. I do think that was very funny. Yeah, um, but
1: also that seems a bit retconny to me, too, because, like, she was real good at that in the first one.
0: Well, but she was, it was done, like, in the first one, she was doing it with a sense of uh, maliciousness.
1: Like, oh, yeah, malevolence, if yes, you will. They, yeah, okay, yeah, exactly. fair enough, fair enough. Whereas, yep, whereas I in retract case, my statement. Yeah, yeah, whereas in
0: the, yeah, whereas in this case, it's supposed to be sincere, and that's yes. where she's a little iffy on, right? Yeah, yeah, okay, uh, legit, anyway. legit, legit, legit. So they arrive at the castle like everyone in the in the like all the commoners in the grounds are all screaming because they're all terrified of Maleficent because we find out in the over and in the initial narration at the beginning of the film that the story of Sleeping Beauty has spread throughout the kingdoms and has actually been changed into that. There was Aurora who was cursed by an evil by an evil fairy and like basically uh, basically, the disney
1: movie version like the original animated version
0: exactly yeah and so yes and so now and so that's why everyone's afraid of maleficent because they all see her as this evil evil being right Mm -hmm. because it uh, after five years it's the same story exactly propaganda over the course of five years you would expect that to happen right yeah
1: that makes sense to me i like that actually It, it that actual um little bit of storytelling made me feel even better about Maleficent itself, the first movie, because, Mm -hmm. you know, my, my thing is like, I wish they'd reference the original movies more, um, Mm -hmm. which is just a personal preference. So I actually liked that a lot.
0: I did too, because again, it, when you have that kind of time jump, it makes sense when you have, when you have that kind of thing uh, happen, because you like, yeah, if probably, if the same propaganda is being spread over the course of five years, and if there's no one there to contest it, yeah, right? because Maleficent and Aurora have just kind of done their own thing in the Moors, right? So no yeah, going to Yeah, they're not going to tell their own
1: it. side of the story.
0: Exactly. So, of course, it's of course everyone's going to believe it, right? Yeah. So they arrive at the castle. They arrive for dinner. You can tell that shit's going down. You can tell that like from the get go that things that not going well. <laughs> not going well. Like they sit down to eat, and of course uh, they're given iron cutlery. Uh, of which, course,
1: that's a thing. And
0: so Maleficent can't touch it. And so like. The Queen is like uh, Queen is like, I, I I expect you're okay with using your hands to eat and it's all very like you know, very jabby. What
1: if they like, just get her some frickin' chopsticks? Also, why do you have iron cutlery in the first place? Like that's very MacGuffany. Oh am I, well Am I interrupting too much? I can just let you finish. No, I'm no, sorry. no, 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 no,
0: no, no. It's fine, it's fine. But also like well like it fully made it made sense to me because it's like, yeah, of course the Queen would give her iron cutlery because she would know that iron is weak against maleficent yeah right because like if she's spending all that time trying to fight against fairy folk and against magic you would of course she would know how to do
1: that right yeah yeah i guess i really can't relate not wanting to hang out with fairies or i can't relate to that rather i just think it's so silly
0: well of course (laughs) yeah and it's like but it was funny because like in the back of my head i was thinking like oh but like in the medieval times they all ate with their hands like that was yeah totally nobody used cutlery anyway not even the royals which still
1: makes sense to me frankly
0: (laughs) yeah anyway and so from the get-go like shit's going down like you can tell tensions are high like the queen is making these really offhand comments and everything and it's like then they then they find like then they find out that like the intention is for Aurora and Philip to live in the, in Allstead while they raise their family and everything and Maleficent's kind of taken aback and almost offended.
1: That also and, but, makes no and, sense though, because Aurora is queen of the Moors. She can't do that. That's so weird.
0: I mean, I don't like where. I guess the question is like, where would she go? Would she? Would she and Philip live in the Moors?
1: Well, it's like I don't know. I mean, she's the queen of the Moors. Like she mm-hmm. can't. There's no internet. She can't just call them on Zoom. Doesn't make any sense.
0: (laughs) No, I guess not. Anyway, and so tensions rise. Maleficent ends up like a cat like jumps to try and like attack Diavol because the cat can sense that he's a bird. Oh my god! And so she like she like magics the cat to like freeze in midair and everything, and it's like
1: the cat deserves it.
0: Well, yeah, this is no one's
1: fault. But also
0: like Maleficent hasn't isn't hurting the cat; she's just like freezing it in midair.
1: Exactly. But like
0: every, everyone's freaking out, everyone's getting offended, everyone's getting mad, tensions rise, people are screaming, blah blah blah, and then like, and then like in the middle of like all the hullabaloo or whatever, the the king kind of like is wanting to calm everything down. The queen is terrified; she's like, "I'm terrified. I'm scared." Meh, meh. you can tell she's lying. Yeah. And then suddenly the king falls to the ground. He's like, "What happened to me?" And so he falls into into aurora's sleep Ooh. into the cursed sleep and so everyone thinks that maleficent did it but of course she didn't yeah uh because one thing that we uh some uh there was a scene that that i completely skipped over but we see the queen go through like a secret passage into like uh into like the bowels of the castle and there she has like some little guy who's played by Warwick Davis which uh, is who we don't who we won't know until later is actually used to be a pixie, used to have wings, uh, and so Malep- and so the queen is has him working under her in order to create something that will effectively kill the fairy folk, I know. and so he's using he's using the this this pollen from this flower called the doom flower, which apparently grows on over the over the the grave sites of dead fairies. Yeah because it contains their essence and whatever or whatever and so like so he's doing that and then we see that she has the spinning wheel the original spinning wheel that contained aurora's curse
1: mm-hmm.
0: right and so like during all the hullabaloo in the dinner hall she again we don't know we don't we don't forget the sound until later but she stabs the king in the arm with the spindle to put him into the sleep because I guess the curse is still within the spindle. That
1: doesn't make any sense, but okay, go ahead. Which doesn't
0: make sense. And then it doesn't make you... And then even later it doesn't make sense, and I'll get to it when I get to it, (laughs) because again, it's fucking, like... Bonkers? Bonkers. And so Maleficent kind of, like, leaves, and then as she's flying away, the queen's, like, right-hand maiden or something, like, I guess... Not captain of the guard, because that guy is, like, friends with Philip, but, like, she's, like... I don't really know her role. I guess she's, like, the, the the queen's, like, main person. Yeah. Whatever. Like, lady in shoots, waiting, kind of. I guess. I don't really know if she's a lady in waiting, but it's, like, main servant person.
1: Yeah.
0: Like, goes to a tower, takes a crossbow, shoots a lead ball, or a, an iron ball, into Maleficent, who falls into the water below and then falls over the waterfall. We all think that, oh, no, Maleficent's dead. She Turns seems
1: pretty dead.
0: She seems pretty wounded, for sure. Yeah. And then she's rescued by another one of these Dark Fae who takes her to, like, their little hideout that they're all kind of hiding in. Mm-hmm. And that's where we meet the rest of the Dark Fae. Excuse me. Um, base, and so basically, while Maleficent is hanging out with the Dark Fae, learning about them, learning about her history and her culture and everything, uh, learning about how there used to be so many, but now they're all in hiding and, mm-hmm. you know... And, like, one of them is, like, we need to take the fight to the humans. This other guy, this other one, who's played by Chiwetel uh, Ejiofor, is, like, he's, like, no, we must live in harmony or something, or we must live in peace and blah, blah, blah. It's that that whole, like, you know, that whole story.
1: That whole chestnut.
0: That whole thing. While all this is happening, Aurora is basically more or less being groomed by the queen to, like, be the perfect daughter, basically, because, you know, Aurora's human, and so the queen, like, is in favor of human uh, supremacy over, I guess, the fairy folk or something like that. Yeah. You know. Totally. It's a little. It's 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 a little racist. I think.
1: Yeah, yeah I it's think it's very... meant to be commentary on that, which is. Yeah. Fine. I yeah, don't think it's particularly sense. nuanced, but I, I think it's a, a good theme.
0: Yeah. And then. Uh, what is what is this? What's happening? What goes on from there? <laughs> um, uh, and then I think, and then I think, this is where things kind of start to like, I guess, go a little weird.
1: Yeah. I well, think. now we're going into Act Three of the movie, so it's like.
0: Yeah. Had, oh, uh, yes, have yes, you said yes, about yes, the yes, piano yes. yet? Oh no, I'm coming. I'm, okay. okay, I'm coming. To we're that. almost to the piano.
1: Okay. The organ. So, sorry, it's not a piano. Yes.
0: Okay, so the the little pixie who's working for the queen discovers this thing where if he mixes it with iron powder. If he mixes the pollen with iron powder, it creates this crimson powder that basically removes the magic essence of the fairies. And so the queen is like, "Cool! So let's all go and get a bunch of those. Let's steal all of those flowers to make a bunch of it." Yeah. And so, they go. She goes to, uh, or she sends a bunch of people to the the basic, effectively a graveyard, and yeah. like steals all the fa- all the flowers from this graveyard. The While visuals all that's are
1: gorgeous, I should say.
0: Yes. Yes, absolutely. While all that is happening, uh, Maleficent senses it. Uh, sure. <laughs> yeah, because I guess she still has a connection to the Moors or something. Um, oh, yeah, and like while she's there talking to uh, Chibotel's character, whose name I forget.
1: I'm not sure. Uh, should... uh, his on. name Kono.
0: is Conal. Yeah, so while she's talking to Conal, who is the one that saved her... Uh, that's where she finds out that, like, she's apparently the last descendant of, like, this, of, of the phoenix, who's, like, I guess, like, the original Dark Fae or something-something. Okay. Uh, something-something-something-destiny-something-something-super-strong-magic-blah-blah-blah. <laughs> some, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Like, you would expect <laughs> what happened in this movie, because where else could it go?
0: Exactly. Anyway, and so, um... And so then uh, the queen agrees to let Aurora go through with the wedding and invite all of the more folk to the wedding. And so the day of the wedding arrives, they all come over and everything, and they're all super greeted and blah, blah, blah. But Diaval gets pulled to the side because he's in his human form, so they assume that he's a human. Yeah. Right? And so all the fairy folk go into the church, and then that's where we find out that it's actually a trap. That's uh. where... Uh, Ingrith is her name. Ingrith yeah. is the one... That, Michelle Pfeiffer. No, uh, no, no, no. Ingrith is the the, the woman who um, is the right-hand person of... Uh,
1: no, Queen Ingrith oh, is the queen. Oh, that's right.
0: You're right, you're right. Yeah, yes, sorry, yes,
1: yes. I, I don't mean to argue. <laughs>
0: uh, Gerda, that's her name.
1: Yeah, Gerda. Gerda
0: is the, uh, is the right-hand person to Ingrith. So uh, Ingrith gives the command. Gerda starts playing the organ. And then, like, at a specific key, it launches the, the like, these effectively bombs yeah. into the church to attack the fairy folk. And then that's when they see that they're locked in and they're all trapped and they're all effectively in a death trap.
1: Yeah. This is Aurora, wild. This yeah, movie this is, is wild. crazy.
0: Yeah. And so Aurora ends up uh, wandering the castle, finds the secret uh, basement area or whatever. She finds the spindle, figures everything out, finds out that it's actually the queen who has been doing all of this and that Maleficent has been innocent from the, from the beginning. Yeah. Uh, she gets locked in her room, fakes an escape, is running around to try and find Philip to prove to him the fact that Ingrid is the one who set all of this up. Uh, her spindle wound shows again. Her because, spindle wound. Probably because she's in, in like, she's near enough vicinity to the spinning wheel, I guess, maybe. I guess. I don't know. It's Magic. Unclear. I don't know. Anyway, so she goes to the king and like shows Philip, look, he has the same wound I have. It's really your mom. Your mom's batshit crazy. And, <laughs> and so <laughs> that's like, not
1: a direct quote from the film, by the way. That's Anwar's colorful interpretation of the of the lines. Exactly. This is me par-
0: <laughs> This is me paraphrasing. I wish if Aurora I said this. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: Roared Philip, your mom is insane. Anyway, mom's
1: batshit Philip. Your mom's
0: batshit fucking crazy. Anyway, and so. Ingrith was counting on the fact that Maleficent would eventually return. And so uh, all a bunch of the Dark Fae come back to try and fight because they want to start a war. But technically Ingrith started the Ingrith started the war. But it makes it seem as if the Dark Fae started the war. And so they're all flying back. And they're all getting hit with these crazy crimson bombs. And they're all turning into like f- flower petals and water because they're magic and Which stuff. Which
1: is also pretty fucked up, though.
0: Which is super fucked up. Uh, basically all these Dark Fae are dying left, right, and center. Um, But prettily. Yeah. Yeah, and so, like, now there's, like, this big fight at the castle between the Queen's Guard and the Dark Fae, and then Maleficent decides to join in the fight and everything. She comes back. Uh, everyone sees that Maleficent is back. She, of course, is the most powerful of all of them, so there's the big upper hand and everything. Of course. Um, she's, she lands on the top of the tower she's like gonna kill the queen but then of course Aurora is like no 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 stop we need to stop this or whatever and then the queen take and then Ingrid takes the opportunity to take a crossbow and is gonna like shoot Aurora but I'm wondering but you can I think she was counting on the fact that Maleficent would save her because yeah the, I agree crim- with you. she had like the crimson ball thing attached to the thing yeah. and so Maleficent spins Aurora around gets hit in the back gets hit with the crimson powder and then dissolves into ash
1: Which, again, she seems real dead.
0: Yeah, she seems real dead. And it's all super sad. Everyone's, oh no, what's happening? Um, Maleficent turns Diavol into a big bear that has like a crow beak, which I thought was funny. Yeah. Who like like, saves the rest of the fairy folk after like a bunch of them died, including the little blue fairy. Flittle. uh, Flittle, who went and sacrificed herself so as to stop the organ from being able to shoot the stuff in the first place. If
1: I can just say again, I don't like that they changed the fairies' names.
0: Yes. We're all very much on that on that boat.
1: Just <laughs> saying. Go ahead.
0: Yes. And then like uh yeah, and so Maleficent looks super dead. Aurora is bawling her eyes out because, you know, her mom just died in front of her.
1: And it's her fault. <laughs> well she
0: well mm, If Aurora
1: had not been so disloyal to her mother, none of this would have happened. And I don't Eh, think loyalty to your mother is a good theme. But I also think, like, you just abandon everything you know about this person. You spent your entire life with Maleficent. And, like, especially, like, the five years after being saved by her. And then you believe this, like, random fucking person and you turn against her. Like, why?
0: Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. So, I don't know, I think Aurora
1: should feel bad.
0: It is very strange that Aurora would turn on Maleficent so easily. Yeah. Well, I I say turn on her. I wouldn't necessarily say turn on her. She's not, like, immediately becoming, like, Maleficent's villain. But she doubts her. Yeah. Um, Anyway, and then, like, they're gonna, like, take Aurora to, like, kidnap her and, like, lock her away or something. And then suddenly, oh my god, all of Maleficent's ashes are, like, spinning and they're... Filled with golden light and stuff, and then she becomes this giant phoenix, uh-huh. and it's like, oh yeah, that's right, that's that thing that they mentioned earlier, like, in a single scene that is now kind of being paid off. Yeah. You know, yeah. Because sure. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> and so then like uh, Ingrith like throws Aurora off the tower. Maleficent goes and saves her.
1: Of course.
0: Uh, of course. Uh, and then um. And then what happens after that? Oh yeah, and then like they find that Maleficent is safe. Uh oh, and then like <laughs> Philip like saves like Philip saves the captain of the guard who's like his best friend or something. Sure. And then like, and is like has like his sword up against um, one of the dark fae's neck, and is like, is like wanting to stop everything, and so he's like, he stop he stops the f- he stops the fairy and then puts his sword down and is like, I want this to stop. I will not have any uh, fey blood on my hands. Okay. And so the fairy takes that as like a good thing because it's like, oh, this is, you know, a good human. Because apparently that's what it takes.
1: Yeah. <laughs> there's There's a lot in this movie that, I don't know, feels a little unearned to me. <laughs> Here's yeah. my question. I mean, mm-hmm. who is this movie for? Who is the target audience of this movie? Because it's not me, and I don't think it's children. I don't think it's middle-aged people. I don't think it's millennials. Who would you say this movie is for? Uh,
0: the producers.
1: Oh, yes.
0: <laughs> like.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just I mean I thought maybe you might have some insight. Like I, I just no think very wrong-headed. Wrong-head, no, this
0: no. this movie was clearly made because the first one did so well. That they're yeah. like, we need to have a sequel. And it's like, do we? Yes, do we, we do. Because because we are the producers and we want more money. Okay. And it's like, oh, okay. All right. Well, you know. Sure, yeah. I guess. Here's this anyway. ridiculous film. Yeah. And then, like, the queen, like, tries to escape and she finds herself in, like, a hall and then, like a bunch of the dark fae come after her and then we all think, Oh no, they're going to kill her. But then they don't, they like throw her out the window. And then like the, one of them or one of them, I think Maleficent turns her into a goat.
1: Yeah, she does. She turns into a goat. Which I think is goat. very funny. She has to live as a goat. I don't know why Stefan got to die. And Michelle Pfeiffer has to be a goat.
0: Well, well, I don't know. Well, I don't know. Yeah, that's a good, that's a very good point. Um, and then like they bring, or, and then like the fairy, or the, the fairy, the pixie, Warwick Davis's character. Uh, Lickspittle, that's his name.
1: God, also, I hate that name. I hate it. I hate every time I have to hear Lickspittle as a name, and ever, whoever did that to me, I curse you.
0: I believe it was Linda Wolverton, because she was one of the three people that wrote this movie.
1: Linda Wolverton, I don't appreciate you naming a character Lickspittle, <laughs> and I would like to express uh, yeah. via Bob Chapek, who I know who was listening, you just call Linda for me and be like, don't make Fairlith <laughs> listen to names like Lickspittle ever again. <laughs>
0: Exactly. Um Lickspittle like has like a change of heart, brings Maleficent the the spindle and is like curses aren't what does he say is like curses oh, aren't remember. uh something about like curses aren't something they're broken or something like that. And then she just like curses. dissolves this sp- cur- oh, curses God, aren't I don't, I don't know. know. But basically Maleficent dissolves like destroys the spindle, which destroys the spinning wheel, which then brings, uh, the king back to life Mm -hmm. or, uh, awakens the king, uh, King John. And all I can think about is like, why didn't you just fucking do that in the, in the last movie? Yep. Like you were so concerned about Aurora not being able to wake up. Why didn't you just do exactly what you just did? in the previous movie, to wake her up.
1: Or does that just not work now, so the plot can happen?
0: Like, yeah, it's real dumb. Anyway, and so then, like, the wedding continues to happen. Aurora, like, asks Maleficent to, like, walk her down the aisle, which is very sweet. Um,
1: And it's earned, uh, but also, like, I don't know. I feel like she has to do more for Maleficent to make up for all this bullshit Aurora put her through. Honestly...
0: I guess, yeah. And then they have the wedding and it's all beautiful and then the two kingdoms are united and blah, blah, blah. Great. But anyway.
1: Then we're stuck Yeah, this
0: I mean... <laughs> like...
1: I don't mean to be, like, super rude about it, but, like, overall... Like, I know what my opinion is, and my opinion is that I am a person who doesn't like sequels, so might be biased. What do you think?
0: I like sequels if they're done... If they're done correctly, and if they're and if they're warranted.
1: Like, what's a sequel you like?
0: I mean, like, well, admittedly, like, the ones that immediately come to mind are the Toy Story sequels, because... That's
1: a good point. That's a good point.
0: Right? Because the Toy Story sequels were, were really good, because they extended and expanded the story in a way that didn't feel like we were just getting the same thing over and over again. And Yeah, then, like,
1: for the sake of a buck, it's like they waited the se- till they yeah. had a good story to tell. Well, yeah. that's how I feel about Incredibles too, honestly. Is yeah, that like, they I, waited until they had a good story to tell.
0: Yeah, and I, I liked Incredibles too. I I in general I think Pixar does a pretty good job of doing sequels. Yeah. Um except for like the uh except for like the Cars series, which I thought I've was... never
1: even seen Cars. I'm gonna see it for the first time with you.
0: I liked Cars One and I liked Cars Three. Cars two is dumb.
1: Yeah, that's what I hear from the internet. Well,
0: because it, it turns Mater into like a super spy, and you're like, where the fuck did this come from?
1: Yeah. Anyway,
0: you'll ah! see it. It's it's real weird and dumb and silly. And then they they kind of fix it with Cars Three, which is more or less a revamp of Cars One, just with different characters. Anyway, it's Do a whole thing. Do the
1: Star Wars J.J. Abrams way of doing a sequel? Oh,
0: don't even get me started.
1: I have to. It's a podcast. <laughs> uh. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh.
0: Anyway. Oh well, like speak. Okay, well, well, for Star Wars, like four, five, and six, I think is a brilliant trilogy.
1: Yeah, I agree. But
0: but again, that but that's mostly because um, what's it called? Uh, Four, five, and six were done as one cohesive story, just split into three stories. Yeah. Or three movies.
1: I mean, right? So there was already
0: there was already a story and an arc that made sense with those films, which is why the sequels. i
1: also think like star wars is really lightning in a bottle and i mean i'm saying this as a major star wars fan like i don't think that's deniable um but like those movies it's not that they're great it's that they're incredibly appealing and that's two different things and i think Mm -hmm. it's really hard to recapture something like that in sequels even if they had planned them out effectively which they did not Mm -hmm. yeah that's fair you know um the, i forget the actor's name who played han solo and solo is our star wars story but you know i absolutely adored him in hail caesar's i in hail caesar rather i adored him i adored him i thought he was wonderful didn't care for him, for him as han solo because in my opinion carrie fisher mark hamill and harrison ford had the perfect acting and charisma to make those movies work um yeah. anyway that's another story for another time but um yeah i don't know i'm i'm just i'm so disappointed in how many major movies that get major budgets are not very good it makes me really sad
0: i mean it yeah i don't know it's just it's it's just annoying
1: it is annoying
0: yeah like i i it's not that i didn't like this movie i did i think it's more just there were moments where i was like well that's kind of silly and and like and like And, like, at the end, when when she destroys the spindle and destroys the spinning wheel and basically breaks the curse, that she herself said this curse Like, she says it. This curse can never be broken.
1: Yeah. Exactly. That's the whole point.
0: And, like, okay, so cool. So you basically just negated the entirety of the first film. Yep. Like, it's... Like, shit like that. I'm like, don't... Like, don't... Don't. Don't change the rules that you've already established... By spending an entire movie revolving around it, yeah, right, like that's that that's just dumb and silly. And it's like if you want to have true, like it makes sense that when when Ingrid goes to try and kiss the king, that it doesn't work because I don't think she actually truly loves him. No, because I mean, not, she says herself, she says herself that she was thrust into that marriage, more yeah. or less thrust. Uh, well, <laughs> because her kingdom was like, uh. She feels that her kingdom was attacked by the Moors and everything, which is why mm-hmm. she hates the fairy folk. But, like, I feel like, okay, well, why don't you have Philip kiss him?
1: Yeah, why don't you just somehow deal with it? Why don't you just like, somehow deal with it? Deal with it. I also, uh, I admire characters who try to, I don't know. I, I really did not care for this movie, but I, I liked Maleficent 1 much more than I thought I would, so I'm okay to trade off on not liking this film. Yeah. So I just, I, it disappoints me that there isn't better art being distributed at a high level. Um, well, reliably. Yeah. So, and I understand yes. it's about profits and bottom lines, but like you look at the stuff again, and I'll keep saying this, you look at the stuff Disney made when Walt Disney was in charge of everything. And you look at the stuff Disney makes when Walt Disney is not in charge of everything. And it seems like the answer is revive Walt Disney and make him in charge of everything. <laughs>
0: Yes, let's pu- let's pull his head out of uh, the top of the Matterhorn, uh, <laughs> where he watches basketball out of the cry- all day. Yes, out of the cry, out of the cryogenics.
1: Yeah. Honestly, yeah. <laughs> sometimes I think that's the only answer for getting the Walt Disney Company back on track. But have uh, a
0: Disney running it.
1: Have a Disney running it exactly. Have a Disney running it. There aren't a yeah. lot of them around, but there are no. some around, and it's like they don't even care about their stuff being the product of a genius anymore they just know they have the monopoly so they can be lazy they can throw money at something have it look shiny and be lazy and Mm -hmm. i find it offensive to be honest with you i find it i literally find it down to my bones offensive
0: yeah because you would think that disney has like for so long the disney company has the sense of quality to it yeah right and i feel like this movie is a prime example of where they a bunch of their money went towards making it look pretty yep but there isn't really a whole lot of substance there in terms of story
1: yep and like right? even some of the designs especially in maleficent 1 of the fairy folk like the gnomes and stuff, I didn't really care for. I didn't think they were attractive designs. And I'm at a point where it's like, you're the most powerful movie studio in the world, and you have a monopoly, so you know you can release crap, but you do.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And it's not even that Maleficent, uh, Mistress of Evil isn't okay to watch, but <sighs> <coughs> pardon Ooh, me, you. I'm sorry for seizing the microphone. Um, it's not even that it's not watchable, it's that literally everything they released could be a work of genius. They could literally... Mm-hmm work it so everything they release is brilliant they could do that they have the power and they choose not to and i find it infuriating
0: yeah and i think that's why you have like these other studio well these other branches of the studio like like pixar and marvel are doing such good job because they are putting so much effort into quality
1: yeah. Oh, I agree with you. I feel right? like that's such a blessing. But then you see stuff like they don't have the Star Wars trilogy, the sequel trilogy, planned out before they start filming it. They which don't... is just a
0: bonkers thing. It's bonkers. Like, 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 how can you, how can you go into it knowing you're making a trilogy and not map it out?
1: How can you hold your consumers in such disdain? How can you do that? It's it, it just it it oh it makes me mad. So in the end, my opinion is not that the movie isn't watchable. It's that there's no excuse for the most powerful movie studio in the world to be putting out anything that's mediocre. And I find it insulting, and, like, they hold disdain for me as a consumer, and I don't like it, and I'm tired of it, and I'm going to call it out on this podcast <laughs> every time I can.
0: I mean, I think that's fair.
1: But also, like, give the studio credit for, like, it's built on the back of genius art. Like, the, it's, it's successful because... The art in the beginning was genius art. hmm
0: hmm
1: But, like, I wouldn't say yeah. this is anything approaching genius anything. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. This is very much like, hey, we made a bunch of money in the first one. Let's make another one so we can make a bunch more money.
1: Yeah. It's soulless. It's soulless. They had to make Aurora out of character, Maleficent out of character for it even to make sense. And I just, Mm -hmm. I think it has no heart to it. So out of, Mm -hmm. out of 10 winglings, I give it zero winglings because there's nothing to it the the whole soul of it is money.
0: Yeah. Well, speaking of all this, uh, here's a little bit of info in terms of the release of the film. Yeah. So the, the budget for the movie was $185 million. Oh, also this movie was almost two hours.
1: Oh yeah. It was the longest movie I've ever seen. It was longer than the 10 commandments.
0: So it was longer than the first one, and I think this is another example of one of those movies where it's like, it was, it was longer than it needed to be. Yes. Like, you could have, like, you could have removed everything about that weird Phoenix thing and had Maleficent sacrifice herself yep. for Aurora, and then you could have had a di- slightly different ending. Yep. And then, like, yeah. Anyway. You
1: could have just killed her. Like, I would have given it... Three out of ten winglings if they had actually had her have a, make a sacrifice that had meaning,
0: I think it would have made. I think it would have been a better movie if they did kill her.
1: I agree because the Phoenix metaphor, I also didn't feel worked for Maleficent's character at that time. I don't think she needed that. It's Aurora no. that needed to get her fucking act together.
0: <laughs> yes. Um, what was I going to say? Uh, oh yes. Okay. So uh, it grossed over four hundred and ninety-one million dollars worldwide. Uh, Although it needed to make around $500 million in order to make a profit when factoring in total budget, marketing, and distribution costs. So the film and the film received mixed reviews from critics with criticism aimed at the muddled plot and overly artificial visuals.
1: Yeah. To be fair... Yeah. I agree about the overly um, artificial visuals. That is also a problem I have. I agree that it was beautiful, but like when I'm watching a movie like that, all I can see is this is a cartoon and has nothing to do with any reality. Mm. So I, I see I see the criticism, even though I did think it was very pretty.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Uh, there was praise given to performances from Jolie Fanning and Pfeiffer, which... Which are completely warranted because all three of them did fantastic.
1: But you could also just watch Gone Girl and Coraline and Batman Returns and get some good performances, right?
0: God, all three of those movies. Well, I haven't seen Gone Girl. Which one's Gone Girl?
1: Well, isn't that the... Maybe I'm remembering the wrong one. Isn't that the one where Angelina Jolie's in it with Brittany Murphy?
0: No, I think Gone Girl is the movie with... Wait.
1: No, you're right. That's not her. Where's the one where she's blonde? I'm in the movie. Totally oh i don't know any other angelina jolie movie
0: <laughs> yeah or yeah
1: maleficent one
0: uh, maleficent one yes <laughs> um yeah uh the film did receive a, an academy award nomination for best makeup and hairstyling huh, which i mean i'm not which does make sense because the makeup was very nice especially with the dark fay. Like, girl I loved... interrupted oh, okay <laughs> sorry go ahead <laughs> Well, I mean, I, I really liked the um like the design of the dark Fae, How everyone was super different. Yeah. Um, the horns were really cool. Uh, yeah. So like the makeup and everything, I think, uh, was really good. Was really good. Yeah, I agree. Yeah.
1: I oh man, I love <laughs> Angelina Jolie's makeup in these movies. Yeah. Very
0: oh, beautiful. we did get we did get a little bit of a reference to the whole pink versus blue thing at the end. Oh,
1: that's right. That right? made me happy. And-
0: yeah, and when um when uh, Aurora's walking down the aisle like um oh fuck who, what were their names again? The, the, the
1: Fairies? Oh I the always fairies. have to look it up because I because 'cause don't yeah, care. It, just, little, frankly, um Flittle
0: uh, grass was it notgrass was uh, the red one.
1: Grass, uh, okay, um, oh okay, Thistle twit. So thistlewit? Thistlewit. Yeah. thistle-wit. Yeah. Notgrass, flittle and thistlewit.
0: Yes. So, Knockgrass and Thistlewit are the ones that survived. Flittle is the one who was turned into a flower. Mm-hmm. So, like, yeah, so while she's walking down the aisle, Knockgrass and Thistlewit, who are red and green respectively, are like, oh, like, the they dress looks so good because it's in white. Now they're like, it oh, they look much better in red. Don't you mean green? No, red. No, green. So, it's a little bit of that callback. Yeah. And then, it's, and then it finalizes on blue because Flittle, who's the one that sacrificed herself, I guess is still slightly magic, mm-hmm. even though she's a flower. Nah. So, it's like, okay, wait. Aren't you dead?
1: Yeah, it's weird. I it's, don't know. Yeah, it's very strange. It's just strange. It's a strange movie. I mean, would you recommend someone watch it? Eh. Yeah, right? Like, the first, watch Sleeping Beauty, watch Maleficent. Honestly, Maleficent's okay. Sleeping Beauty's a masterpiece. Mm-hmm. I would not bother with this
0: film. I mean, I told you. There's so I many movies <laughs> in the world. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. There's so many movies
1: in the world. Skip this one, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, with that being said, uh, the next movie we've got is, ooh, is 101 Dalmatians.
1: (gasps) Thank goodness. I've been waiting for so long.
0: I'm excited for this because 101 Dalmatians is where shit starts to turn. This is where we get, so this is where everything twists, uh, uh, this is where everything, uh, changes because, uh, of course, Walt has effectively almost entirely left the company, uh, or the animation company. He's pouring almost all of his efforts into the Disney parks. And thank goodness uh, I, he
1: did that before he left us.
0: Uh, he, uh, I'm trying to think of timeline, timeline, timeline. Uh, this was in the uh, early 60s, so he's, I think, prepping for the New York World's Fair?
1: Yeah.
0: Is that, is that it? I am I right?
1: I, I'm fuzzy on the timeline, but I think so because that's where um, Small World and stuff comes out of, and that's yeah. that's 60s. So yes, yes but I'd because have to na- do some yeah. research to yeah, be knowledgeable 1960- as you. Yeah, because
0: 1968 is when no, that's when he died. It was he died in 68? Right?
1: I believe so. Let me check here. Well, I think Disney date. I try not to think about it. <laughs> <laughs> so sad. Um, 1966.
0: 66, oh, okay. So he died in 66. Oh, yes, because it was a year after the 10-year anniversary of Disneyland. Because Disneyland was in 55. Or Yeah, it was, it was in 55. So, yeah, so this is the New York World's Fair. Yeah, okay. So he's, he's pouring all of his attention into the New York World's Fair and into continuing Disneyland. And I think he started, he's announced Epcot, the Epcot project, or the Florida project. Yes. I think at this point. So... He's more or less just kind of only really dipping in and out of the studio. And the studio has, of course, you know, it's not doing great financially. And so this is 101 Dalmatians is where we get a big shift in a lot of the animation style. So this is going to be very, very cool. This is going to be very interesting because it's going to feel entirely different. And I'm actually quite excited about this. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I'm, yeah. I'm very excited because of the like, slight change in animation style that we're going to be... Um Introduced to? Introduced to and that we can talk about. Yeah, for sure. it's going to be a really positive episode.
0: I think so, too.
1: Yeah. Uh, Sorry, this one was a bit... You know, Anwar, I mean, we should talk Mm -hmm. about this more when we're not recording, but I really like the style of you recounting the plot in your own words and me yelling about it. (laughs) It, It's a really entertaining way to do this podcast. It makes me happy when we have days like that.
0: It's fun. Well, I guess I try and... I don't know. I guess I worry that I just just pour so much uh, into just the... Talking about the plot of the movie because I want to actually talk about the movie itself. But well, I guess we right. talk like,
1: about it as we go. Then, like I'm just like, yeah. okay, oh, hey, how about this? And then we, we go on all these tangents. So let's talk. That's but true. I, I really think it's wonderful, and I, I think you're a charismatic speaker, my friend.
0: Thank you. I try. Thank you. <laughs> uh, cool. All right. So uh, stay tuned for next time where we talk about 101 Dalmatians. I'm excited about it.
1: Me too. And we'll see you real yeah. soon. Oh my god! You I'm know excited. what else? I'm what? so excited to see all the live-action Glenn Close movies. I'm so much Glenn Close! <laughs> oh my god, what's she even doing lately? Let's talk about it next week. I don't week. know.
0: What is she doing lately? I guess we'll find out.
1: I yeah, I mean, I don't know. She's isn't she on Broadway? She was supposed to be in the new Sunset Boulevard movie, but as I understand ah. it, that's been like put off. It's like Norma Desmond in Sunset Boulevard has been her big deal role. You know. Mm-hmm this is tangential, but, uh, Patty Lapone was the original Norma Desmond and she had to get bought out of her contract and she's been Andrew Lloyd Webber's, like, she, Andrew Lloyd Webber has been her nemesis ever since. they oh. replaced her with Glenn Close.
0: <laughs> oh no.
1: Yeah, so, <laughs> she's amazing. Anyway, uh, follow us on social media, we're all over the place, Instagram, uh, Facebook, uh, underscore cast, or sorry, cast underscore dizz on, on
0: Facebook, Twitter and
1: Instagram. Twitter and, Instagram. and then, um, his cast on
0: facebook. Yes. You got it.
1: And you'll find us. Yeah. And we'll talk to you about Disney movies. Yeah. Next week.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Any parting thoughts, Anwar?
0: Um this movie was garbage. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Bye. <laughs> well, okay.
0: Well, no, it wasn't garbage. <laughs> it was just not as good. Anyway, okay.
1: It might Bye. Have been garbage. Goodbye. Bye. <laughs>